hosts will be dramatically reenacting a segment from a 2016 interview of Tara Reid for the Jenny McCarthy Radio Show in promotion of Sharknado 4. Dylan and Lauren will be betraying Jenny McCarthy and Tara Reid respectfully. This is their story. You look great now. So you're good and done not moving forward with the plastic surgery? I think I made that clear like a hundred times. I don't know. I I didn't hear that a hundred times. I'm so sorry. Maybe because you only read the bad things, but I made it clear for so many years. Um, but read what you want to read. So, But, you know, it was really nice talking to you and good luck with your show. Oh, good luck to you too. And I'm so excited about Sharknado. I really hope you stay married. I hope you stay married too. Oh, I will. And I hope your knees get a little wobblier than they already are. Oh, my knees? I hope your tits get even nicer. Amazing. Same guy that did mine, right? They are. Thank you so much. Uh, same guy. Yes, fantastic. I'll always use your advice. You're the best. Bye. Love you, Tara. Good luck of Sharknado 18. What's up, you guys? I'm Dylan. I'm Lauren. And we are here for another week, another review. And this time, we're reviewing a movie you may not know about, but you should. And Um, then you'll watch it, and you'll immediately forget what it's about. Yes. So this is the trouble with this movie. I'm already a person that has a pretty bad memory to (laughs) begin with, honestly. Um, but this movie, I was like, when we watch this, we have to immediately hop in and do a review because I will forget every time. This is one of those movies that I'm like, whenever I see it or somebody mentions it, I'm like, oh, Urban Legend. I love that movie. And then if somebody asks me like, oh, what's it about? And I'm like, Urban Legends. Obviously. Obviously. We, Dylan and I have been friends for almost 12 years. And in that 12 years, I know for a fact we've watched this movie at least three or four times. And every time it's like watching a new movie because I don't ever remember what it's about. Yeah, it's like one of those who's where it's like, oh, I wish I just could forget and experience this this movie over again. Well, you can with this movie. It is perfect. Forget Titanic. Oh no, a star is born. We're going (laughs) to re-experience urban legends over and over and over again. So, we are reviewing Urban Legend, a 1998 slasher film by director Jamie Blanks. Um, Now, I tried to look up uh, what else uh, Sir Jamie has done. Um, Okay, seriously. Looks like he's done this movie and Valentine from 2001 featuring Denise Richards and Catherine Heigl. I have not seen this movie. Have you seen this movie? I don't think so. I, I might have forgotten it. Um, I did it. watch like a background interview um, from like the DVD of this movie uh, where the cast was like, oh, you wouldn't even know it was his first movie. He was like, knew exactly what he wanted. The only only giveaway was that he was too nice. And I was like, girl, I, I think we could nice tell. Nice guys finished last. <laughs> So that was directed by uh, Jamie Blanks. Um, I tried to look up his birthday for the Zodiac sign, uh, but I could not find it. So we're just going to assign him one. (laughs) I'm assigning him a Taurus because he came in like a bull and he left and I don't remember him. You know what? That didn't make any sense, but Taurus is my least favorite Zodiac sign. I'm an Aries. I just don't get along with Earth signs. Some of the choices in this movie don't either, but... That I'm, I'm sound like I'm hating on it, but this is like a definitely a movie I would recommend. It's enjoyable. Yes, I would recommend it. She, she just made a stank face right before you said that. Like, <laughs> I would recommend well. it, but I would recommend it on the basis of don't expect a lot, expect very little, remember none of it, watch it five years from now, be pleasantly surprised. It's kind of like the RC Cola to Scream's Coca-Cola. That's a that's a good way to put it. That's a good way to put it. Did you know, fun fact, that in Cincinnati, the U.S. Bank Arena, which is now not U.S. Bank Arena, I think it's Heritage Bank Arena, uh-huh. they used to only do RC Cola. Wow. They weren't Pepsi or Coke, because the Bengals were Pepsi and the Reds were Coke, I'm pretty sure, and so like they just chose RC. 
That means they were only allowed to show uh, airings of urban legends on their TVs and not scream. So, sorry for you guys. Um, this movie had a budget of $14 million and it made... Uh, seventy-two point five million. That's pretty good. So it was pretty good. Um, it did spawn two sequels. Uh, one being Urban Legend: Final Cut, which was released theatrically in two thousand. I, I haven't seen the sequel. Have you seen it? If I have, I don't remember it. I actually did not realize that this was this was the second movie until I did some research because I have not seen this. However, <clears throat> the um. Second sequel was a direct-to-video film called Urban Legends Bloody Mary in 2005 starring Kate Mara. And that is a great movie. We have seen this movie and we love this movie. Yes, we stand this movie. We will definitely be doing a review of it in the future for sure. Kate Mara is fantastic in it. Um, However, tonight we're talking about the original. Of course, this movie... Uh, has actually a pretty stellar cast for the 90s. Oh my god, it, yeah, it does. Uh, we have Jared Leto, Alicia Witt, Rebecca Gayhard, um, Tara Reid, uh, Loretta Devine. For some reason, she just kind of plays the like sassy cop character that doesn't really have anything to do until the end. Have you seen Police Academy? Mm, not in a long time. Don't move, dirtbag! Like, that's... I know. Because <laughs> Lauren Devine kind of sounds like that anyway. That's true. <laughs> but that's all I could think because she... This is a good movie. But the cop character is almost yeah. like a mix of the Niecy Nash character from Screen Queens and the Don't Move Dirtbag Girl from Police Academy. I will come a-running. And... So well, I couldn't take her character very seriously, but also nobody else in the movie took her very seriously. So it was easy to kind of brush her off. Right. And um, let's look here. If you had to guess what the Rotten Tomatoes score for this movie is, what would you guess? 29. Close. 21. Oh, God. Oh, so God. the consensus was that elements of Scream reappear in a vastly inferior vehicle. So basically a lot of people were saying that it was kind of writing off uh, the Scream wave, which Scream was released in 1996. So this is only two years earlier. So this definitely aligns with those other kind of late 90s slasher revival movies. Like mm-hmm. I Know What You Did Last Summer, uh, what have you. There were a lot that were coming around that time. Um but that's definitely something that we're going to touch on because there are a lot of uh, scream parallels in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like if you just want to look at uh, Loretta's character, that's kind of like the um, the the doofy. <laughs> Dewey. He was doofy and scary. Yeah, movie. I know he's not doofy in the real movie. <laughs> the he's also supposed to be Kaiser Sayso in Scary Movie. Right. Well. <laughs> It's Dylan supposed to be Dewey loves, too. Dylan loves Scary Movie. We will be talking about Scary Movie. Oh, that's going to be a real episode, but we will. That's going to be an absolute like month of dedication for Scary Movie. The influence. Cindy, the, the TV's leaking. Cindy, this is Bones. <laughs> anyway, Lorena is very kind of like uh, a doofy or a Dewey, Dewey wannabe. And uh, Jared Leto is kind of like the reporter, basically the Gail Weathers of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Except he had way better chunky highlights. And I'm not going to compare um, Nev Campbell to the lead of this movie because Who? that would be very rude. Yep. To Nev be Campbell. Very rude. See, okay, so I'm not gonna. We're not gonna get into spoilers quite yet. But that's what makes this movie yeah. so forgettable is because like when you look at like the final girl. So when you look at like Jennifer Love Hewitt, and I know what you did last summer. Mm-hmm. Sally in Texas Chainsaw. Laurie Strode. Um, what is that bitch from? Nightmare on Elm Street. I can't remember her name. You know, you look at all of her. these people. Yes, you look at all of these people, and they have strong lead characters very iconic leads and i can't even remember what she looks like and we watched this movie like a week ago and i cannot remember i couldn't pick her out of a lineup if you put her with a bunch of other plain looking brunettes i'd be like 
It's all of them. Yeah, it's just one of, probably one of the biggest problems of this movie is that just, you never realize how important a really charismatic, um, full of personality protagonist is. Someone that you want to root for, someone that you want to see make it through the end. Mm -hmm. And in this movie, I'm like, sorry to this, sorry to this girl, but if this girl was walking down the street, I would not know who that is. I just we'll we'll get into it. Yeah. But before we do, this movie is about urban legends. Now, Lauren, if you had to explain an urban legend at the top of your head, what would it be? So an urban legend is when um like stories that are like believable Mm -hmm. get passed down almost like a game of telephone yeah to fit your area so a very common one is um around halloween time that you know there is cocaine in the pixie dust or there's razors in the apple right and a lot of time if you want to watch an excellent excellent um documentary about this there's a documentary i think it's called killer legends um, it's on Netflix. There's two of them. The first one is about like, do you know like the Cropsey or urban legend about like the old man lives in the woods behind the camp and he he killed a camper one year and every year he comes back and takes another camper. Have you ever heard of that? Uh, American Horror Story, 1984. Okay, yes, I love that season. Tbh. Oh. Or um, so like that's based on a real thing that happened mm-hmm. in upstate New York. Or the candy thing. Um, that's actually based on in the seventies, a father filled pixie sticks with anthrax and killed his own kids because he took out life insurance policies on them in August and killed them in October. Ooh. And you know, there's a million of them. The hook in the in the car door because a maniac has escaped, and you know, Billy and Susie are out getting their fuck on in the back of a car and then the hooks in the door so there's a million of them but i would say that it's a mildly believable story that gets passed down through the generations right so there's a great scene early on in this movie where uh the main characters are in class with um they're like philosophy professors or something And uh, he basically describes an urban legend as contemporary folklore passed on as a true story. Mm -hmm. So usually this is something that's like, didn't really happen. Or if it did happen, it's like. What's your favorite urban urban legend? (sighs) This is a test. I, okay, this is kind of cheating because this is the opening scene. But I have the, and it's always stuck with me, the person in your backseat one. Mm -hmm. With like, and the. It, the it brights was, yeah the, like the bright lights that's that also to, a scary story to tell yeah, in the dark i remember story. you telling me that mm-hmm. um, oh my god i love those books that's probably one of like just the ones that really stick out to me because that's one of those like oh like this could like really happen like that's somebody why my could car be... is always so dirty so that nobody can hide okay well you know sometimes i think about that but then i'm like Okay, I drive a Kia Sorento, so what are you going to do? Are you going to rob me and my kid's soccer team of our Froyo? <laughs> I drive a RAV4. Like, <laughs> like what are you, you going to do? Are you going to get me and my camping buddies? Right? <laughs> I'm like, what exactly are you wanting here? But like, it's just that, it's that instilled fear. Yeah. That this is like something everyone's quote unquote afraid of. Yeah, definitely like urban legends <laughs> kind of instill these uh, kind of fears in you. Um, that kind of people just, you hear stories about and you've never like seen or experienced or actually like heard legitimate things about, but people always believe funny one that like circulated my, and it changes all the time. So, uh, this circulated in my grade school, probably when I was in like fourth or fifth grade. Mm -hmm. And it's that this girl was hanging out with her boyfriend and babysitting and she was babysitting like a little baby and the she was babysitting during the day while the mom and the dad were at work and her boyfriend brought molly over and they did molly and then she went they to had the a three-way tur- with molly huh they had a three-way with her friend molly no this isn't a britney spears song it's a <laughs> drug <laughs> this isn't one, all two, the three. boys and all the girls are banged it if you see gamey um so and so they take molly which molly was like 
a party drug. Like, it still is. But that was, right. like, when Molly, like, first became a thing was when I was in, like, middle school, grade school. Mm-hmm. And she t- they are, like, rolling on Molly. I don't know if you've ever seen somebody rolling on Molly. I've been to a lot of concerts where I see people rolling on Molly. And, like, you're, like, always, like, touching on people. Right. It's, and, like, it's, like, part ecstasy, them. right? Yeah. So they... So she... The urban legend is that she takes the Molly and she goes to put, like, the chicken in the fr- in the oven and she puts the baby in the oven oh. and so i did like wah, some- wah. <laughs> not the baby in the oven no whammies um <laughs> i did some research i thought you were gonna say like oh she forgot to uh take the take the chicken out of the freezer to set it out like no. oh god so, girl i'm there with and you so like if you look at that urban legend throughout time it changes so like in the 60s she was on lsd and puts the baby in the oven or puts the dog in the oven and then in the 70s it was she smokes pot and puts the baby in the oven in the 80s it was like cocaine in the uh 1800s is that she showed ankle (laughs) and put the baby in the oven yeah exactly so and it changes and like in the 90s sometimes it was a microwave um, not a, Whatever, it was dude. never a toaster, which I thought was weird. It was my uh, Easy Bake oven. She yeah. took the baby in the Easy Bake. So it was. So it's always that. So that was always one of my favorites, and I think because of the absurdity of it, right. it was always one of my favorites. And how it always changes from generation. That's really interesting. Yeah. Um. So in the beginning of this movie, there's a great scene, uh, with the professor. Who their professor is Robert England, who plays Freddy Krueger. I have met Robert England. Is he a nice guy? He is a nice guy. He had a f- line of like a million people at the convention where I met him. Um, so I just met him in passing, but he was a nice guy. Well, that is lovely. You should have asked him if he wanted to drink some Pop Rocks and uh, some Pepsi. He probably would have been like, what? And then I would have had to remind him that he I'm was this in this movie. <laughs> he was like, I was in the what now? Um <laughs> Interestingly enough, he uses an example um, about a woman who is downstairs and gets a call from a man upstairs asking if she's uh, been keeping track of the children, which is basically that's the plot of when a stranger calls. Mm -hmm. And that's also a very popular urban legend that the call is coming from inside inside the house. house. Which I always wondered how that worked because I tried to call myself on my home phone when I lived at home and it would just take me to voicemail. So, right. how does that work? I don't know. Well, in the, like, the olden days, like, you could only... <laughs> the olden days being the 80s. Yeah, you could, like, uh, when you had the landlines, like, you could have... If someone was on the phone, you could pick up the phone and hear what they were saying, right? Yeah, so, so if, if I but, call like, you... Specifically calling yourself, I don't know what that yeah. would do, so... so. Like, if I call my own cell phone, it goes to voicemail. So, like, right. if I'm on my mom's house phone and I call my mom's house phone, it's just going to take me to voicemail. Or it's gonna just going to mm. be a continuous loop of me talking to myself. There's some plot holes in, in this, this legend. 50-year-old urban legend. <laughs> Debunked. This That's actually the, based on a true one, too. This legend has been busted. There's a really good documentary about babysitting legends. Take a look it up on YouTube. I'd highly recommend there you go. Well, basically, um, in this scene, he's talking about urban legends, and uh, Rebecca Gayhart's character kind of chuckles, and he makes her get up on the stage, uh, or the fucking auditorium lecture auditorium lecture, lecture place, um, and he holds out a bag of Pop Rocks and a soda, and he was like, okay, if you think it's all... Um, or he, he's like, okay, I want you to go ahead and uh, drink this and uh, eat this. And see what happens. And she's like, well, no, I'm not going to do that because that's a legend to where your stomach will explode if you eat that together. Mine actually might. Right. I might pop a staple. Yours might. Um, I have. I had gastric sleeve surgery. That's not a secret. I used to be really, really fat. Now I'm not as fat. It's may- great. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's gastric bypass. It, it is gastric bypass. <laughs> um, but they reference uh, little Mikey from the cereal commercials. Rusty. Give it to Mikey. He'll eat anything. <laughs> and he's like no you guys are bullshit here's mikey now he's like an accountant in new york or whatever have a mighty fall and so rebecca doesn't want to do it so um another one of the friends stands up and he's like i'll do it and who's who's this guy is he from garfield he's pacey from dawson's creek 
what what's the actor's name? Joshua Jackson. Joshua I, Jackson. I looked that up. He's, he's a face that, like, if you've seen him, you know who he is. You're like, oh, that's Pacey from Dawson's Creek. Right. So he comes up and he um, downs the Pop Rocks and the soda and he starts having this seizure moment. Uh, he's fallen down the little stairs from the auditorium. Everyone's freaking out. But just kidding, he actually didn't have his stomach explode. He was fine. He was just bullshitting everybody. Uh, if I was the professor after he pulled shit like this, he would definitely be banned from my class. Mm-hmm. That the professor is literally just like, oh, thanks for your help. Like, okay, like, no, like, you you were leaving. You're leaving. Also, this Robert England was way too high strung to just be like, oh, that's fine. Right. He would definitely be beating some asses there. Yeah. Um, so, as we mentioned before, there were a lot of cons- uh, comparisons to Scream. Um, of course, we mentioned some of those already. Kind of the same um, style of characters like Jared Leto, Loretta Devine. Um, a lot of tropes that you see pop up into this one as well. Mm-hmm. Um And then definitely a lot of focus on the opening scene, too. But before we get into this very interesting opening scene, which is probably my favorite part of the movie, if we're being honest, um, would you recommend this movie? If you, like, really don't have anything else to watch. I, I think if you're a fan of... If you've already watched uh, Scream and like I know what you did last summer and you just want something else to scratch that itch, definitely check this out. Um, I would check out those movies definitely first. It's kind of like Thai food. You'll be um, itchy again in an hour though because you'll forget honest, you watched it. <laughs> honestly, if you do anything, I would just watch the opening scene on YouTube which of this movie. Very which is Scream. Yeah, which is very Scream, but it's actually really fantastic. I, I love this opening scene. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like five minutes long. You can find it on YouTube and if you like it, you can watch the rest of the movie if you want, but I really like it. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to get into this. Just hit the stand. (laughs) Turn around. Every now and then I get a little bit lonely and you're never coming round. Turn around. Bright eyes. Every now and then I I fall fall apart. And I need you now, tonight. And we're going to stop there before we get sued. (laughs) (laughs) But we begin this movie. We stand Bonnie Tyler in this house. I love Bonnie Tyler. We do love. She's a babe. Even though her version of um, I Need a Hero is not the best. Um, Jennifer Saunders. Jennifer Saunders' uh, Fairy Godmother in Trick 2 is superior, but we still love her. Jennifer Saunders, will you please email me back? It's been 15 years. Jennifer Saunders, you were through Thursday. Please let me know when I'm free, which is Thursday. Yes. Um, Anyway, we begin this opening scene. Uh, We have a teenage college town girl. She's just driving. She is jamming to some Bonnie Tyler, as one does. Um... It is it raining? It I is raining. It. Yeah, it's raining a little bit. It's dark. It's kind of hard to see. We yada yada. She looks at the gas and she sees she's empty. So basically, this is Lauren driving the car. Never phone your gas up. I've only ran out of gas on the highway three times. And at least you survived, unlike yeah. our friend here. Thank you, Dad. Um. <laughs> so she pulls off. Um. Conveniently, she's like in the middle of this like bumfuck kind of <laughs> like mountain town right and she and finds a fucking she, yeah. gas station that's open. <laughs> she just immediately finds a gas station i'm like okay um so she pulls in and it's one of those old ones where um the people come up and they take your money and they pump it for you the um, caucasity that is such a i don't know why but like not pumping your own gas pisses me off. If you're an able-bodied person who can get out of your car and fucking pump your own gas, I thought that service gas stations, like, back in the day when it was, like, a career, like, owning a gas station was, like, a career, like, in the 50s and the 60s, whatever. 
That's fine. Because they're like, they also would like wipe your windshield and stuff. Get your fat ass out of your car and pump your own fucking gas. Pump your gas, bitch. I don't know why that annoys me so much. But like my, I have like family members that like in like the little small southern town where a lot of my family lives, like they'll go get their gas pumped. And I'm like, get out of your fucking car and pump your own gas. This isn't an urban legend, but it's, it's actually legit. But I remember in fourth grade, we have all of our like parents come in and like, uh, tell what one of them, a gas pump. What they did. No, it was like some guy, I don't know if he was like a EMT or something, but he showed us videos where like, um, well, people would like get out of their car and like, put the gas in the nozzle and then get back in their car and then they would get out again and they would touch the gas um holder there Ooh, uh, for the nozzle and it, it would be like a flash fire mm-hmm. because of like the uh, static electricity From so they said stuff? yeah mm-hmm. and they said you should always like touch the outside of your car first to like release it and i don't know why that shit has just stuck with me for like the last 15 years of my life also dylan had a delusional drug-induced trip when we were 15 and he thinks that i told him that you have to get a receipt every time or you'll get arrested because you can't prove you paid for your gas and he shut up no 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 no. it wasn't that i would get arrested it was that you said make sure you always get the receipt because if you don't your the gas station can charge you up to the nearest dollar so they'll actually charge you more unless you have not tell you that because that's a not true and b a very elaborate lie three years i would always get the receipt because i was like i don't want to be upcharged i don't want to i don't want to pay more than i have to i did not tell him that but our friend (laughs) sam i do say things with a lot of conviction because i'm a shithead and i i lie to people so sam and i watched a scary movie in like high school and this girl was cutting this pizza with this huge fucking knife and the movie was based in the 70s and she's like why didn't she just get a pizza cutter and i was like oh pizza cutters weren't invented until 1983 and she went to college and told people that and i'm like and she came back and she's like well you told me that once like five years ago and i was like that is not true someone needs to fight you so i'm saying i never that is way too elaborate for me to lie about or like fuck with you about so i that was not me that might have been my mom but it definitely wasn't me Anyway, yeah, <laughs> sorry. Clearing gas. those legends. Welcome to gas stations with Lauren and Dylan. Um, so back That's to our homegirl podcast, <laughs> rating and reviewing gas stations. UDF five out of five. Yes. Anyway, she pulls up, and this poor uh, Rumpelstiltskin-looking guy, <laughs> if you've ever seen Once Upon a Time, comes <laughs> out. I actually looked up because I was like, this is not the same guy. It wasn't, but he reminded me of I him. I love that actor. Poor, poor guy has a bit of a stutter on him. So he's like, he's out in the rain and she like barely, oh, I hate this bitch. She like barely opens her car window <laughs> and she like holds her credit card out and she's like, here you go. And he takes it and she's like, freak. Like the perfect 90s, like freak. Oh my God, he's a freak. What a freak. Anyway, uh, that freak um, takes her card and is about to start pumping the gas. And we notice that he kind of looks at the back seat, the back of the car. And he runs inside for a second. He comes back out and he's like, Miss, uh, I have your um, credit card company on the line. They need to speak with you. Which, like, I... Why would the credit card? I don't know if it's, it's like one o'clock in the morning, right? Like who's who's calling from uh, Chase Visa here to check to see if you can get ten dollars on the pump, right? But anyway, she's like, um, okay, whatever, and so she gets out and goes inside of him, and she goes up to the phone, and it's like. It's, like, off the hook. It's, like, not ringing or anything. No one's on the line. And so, like, she starts freaking out. And, like, she's, like, punching the guy. And he's, like, trying to he's be like, wait, no, like, let me talk to you. And Let me talk to you. Right. <laughs> let me talk to you. <laughs> trying to, like, uh, get her to notice. And she takes out her pepper spray, sprays him in the face. She, like, takes a fucking brick or something. Or, <laughs> or I think it was, like, the telephone, actually, that she, like, throws and breaks the window it and gets out. And one of my favorite line deliveries of um, all time comes up, and we should say this together. Um, 
when she's driving away and she like hits the hits the guy and he kind of falls over and he goes, "Wait, there's someone in the back seat." <laughs> I didn't remember that he said that, but oh I'm happy you did. Well, we didn't remember that, but that's that like once he says that, like that's a part that ooh, that gives me like chills down my spine. Mm-hmm. He's it was just like he was like just trying to warn her that bitch there is someone hitching on a free ride, and he ain't even offering gas. And you get if so you're going to hold you... back in my fucking Cherokee here, you might as well offer some bucks for this gas, for this free ride, And sir. you get so excited because it's such a good opening scene, and then the rest of the movie is just Right, so, so then she drives on the road, and like... Bonnie Tyler's still kicking it. She's a little shaken. And then we kind of see and the... She, uh, she should have immediately run out of gas. Right. She should She, she was on gas fumes. either. So, like... <laughs> she should have... She should have... What if she only get, like, with, like, two steps and she kind of, like, stopped again? I bet the uh, killer in the back would felt very awkward. Yeah, who have been like, ooh, I was expecting us to be, like, further away right. from the gas oh, station. Like, it's kind of awkward. Anyway, she ends up getting down the road and we see a... Uh, slice through and break through her uh, driver's side window and that is our opening scene Mm -hmm. we get an introduction right off the bat to probably one of my favorite urban legends of the person in your back seat it always makes me look back there whenever I get in my car at um, the end of the night even even too I have like a big um, because mine's like a, a SUV, so the, the trunk is connected to mm-hmm. the rest of it. So I'm like, what if there's somebody chilling back there? That's but why then, I always have so much shit right. in every crevice of my car. But then uh, again, I'm like, if somebody's hiding back there, you really want to get rid of me. Like, okay, go for it, I guess. Yep. But um, anyway, that is my favorite part of this movie. We go get off of a hitch here um, and we begin Urban Legends. Um so we've already discussed what an urban legend is. Um, so let's get into some of this cast here. Of course, as you know from our lovely reenactment opening scene, uh, one Tara Reed is in this film. She is. She plays the, uh, she's like a college radio host. And like, um, we get introduced to like an other urban legends where like she's, she's like a, uh, takes like, sex advice questions from like callers and there's this one girl who's like <laughs> in the beginning you remember she was like yeah uh, I, I do remember that. i always steal my um my roommate's birth control uh but now suddenly uh I, oh, no i always steal her uh birth control and replace it with aspirin but now that bitch is pregnant and she has to switch schools so what am i gonna do just like perfect <laughs> there's four <laughs> answers to that question <laughs> Like, girl, what the hell are we gonna do now? What the hell are we gonna do now? Um, and then of course we have uh, Rebecca Gayhart as the friend. Uh, you may know her from Jawbreaker. Jawbreaker. She uh, kind of played like a main role in that, but she's kind of more of like the side friend in this. And she does have a bit more to do in this one, I'd say. She does. Also, Jawbreaker is a fantastic. Yes, movie. we would definitely if you review haven't seen Jawbreaker. Jawbreaker. It's amazing. Um. And then we have Jared Leto. He's the kind of like school reporter, the basically the Gail Weathers of this movie. Um, and then our main girl, Miss Alicia Witt. Alicia, if you are listening to the podcast, I really do not mean disrespect by you. Um, but, honey, I'm just not... I'm sorry. It's not... This is going to sound bad. It's not that she gave a poor performance. It's that everybody else in this movie just overshadows her. Like, especially Danielle Harris. Can we talk about their dorm room for a fucking second? Right. They're in fucking Hogwarts. I don't know what's going on. That's what I said. Like, okay, so I worked for university housing at a state school for two years as a hall director and a graduate assistant. So let me tell you something. I know my way around a fucking dorm room mm-hmm. and or a residence hall, because we're not allowed to say the word dorm room if you work in res life, fun fact. Because mm. a dormitory is where you sleep, a residence hall is where you, you thrive. <laughs> um, 
So they had this, literally, it looks like Harry Potter's room. And they were allowed to paint their rooms. So Daniel Harris, who plays um, the niece in the Halloween 4 and 5. Yeah. She's also in the classic Wish Upon a Star with Katherine Heigl. <laughs> And she was also in the Halloween reboot. She's amazing. Super nice. Super, super cool. Um, yeah. She, she plays, plays a like, hmm? She plays a roommate. Yeah, she her plays her roommate. Her like gothy, uh, kind of angry, sexually active roommate. Right. And she paints her part of the dorm room black. Yeah. She painted it. That's <sighs> fucking insane. That's Honey, I hope you have the deposit for that. That one of my coworkers and... Um, residence life actually she had this like plan that she was going to present this paper about the falsehoods that tv and movies sell to you about living on campus and why that deters a lot of people from living on campus and why they Mm -hmm. leave after their first year because like sorority houses don't look the way they did in like um like legally blonde Mm -hmm. or like the house bunny they don't look like that so that was one of the big things that i was like i'll remember that Daniel Harris could paint her dorm room because I have worked in dorms before. I'll remember that shit. Yeah. And... And I'm still not remembering anything about the main character. I don't remember her name. So I was looking up on Miss Alicia here, and it says she was a... Uh, came to fame as a childhood actress ever be, after being discovered by David Lynch, who cast really? her in uh, the 1984 film Dune. Which is interesting because we were just talking about the new Doom trailer that dropped today. So this is kind of like a weird full circle moment. Mm -hmm. What David Lynch saw in her, maybe, I don't know. I have not seen the original Dune, so I can't say. My ex-boyfriend made me watch it. But I was not seeing this uh, for her in this movie. I I remember watching it too and being like, who's the main character of this movie? Because I I forgot and I was like, I know it's not Tara Reid. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's not Rebecca. And I'm like, who is it? And I'm like, oh my god, it's this girl? And, like, Jared Leto has had an incredibly, incredibly diverse and fantastic acting career. I really like David, or I almost called him David Leto. (laughs) Not David Letterman. Um, I love Jared Leto. I've seen Five Seconds to Mars in concert. I'm a a pretty big Jared Leto fan. And Tara Reid is... I mean, fucking hilarious. Loretta Devine, Robert England, Pacey from Dawson's Creek. Yeah, There's- it's just, it's weird because, like, everyone else in this movie, I feel like, is giving a pretty decent performance. Yeah, or, like, I feel like all. she is just weirdly overshadowed in this yeah, film. Yeah, it's just like, I don't know how to describe it. It was just like, when I think of really iconic, like, final girls, like, you know, like, Laurie Strode, Nev Campbell, uh, or, sorry, Sydney Prescott, um... It's like they have these kind of like this drive in them, this kind of like fight in them. The survivor instinct. Yeah, this like really survivor instinct. Like you really like feel a connection to them. You Mm -hmm. really feel like you want to see them thrive, see them make it to the end. And with this girl, I'm like... even like with her tragic backstory, she's not even like the main character. Yeah. The girl that dies at the beginning is. Right. So we fucking find out to I, they were trying kind of trying to do like a Drew Barrymore kind of thing in the beginning where it's like that only oh. works when the person is really famous, right? <laughs> if they now if they would have got Tara Reid for the beginning here, mm-hmm. honey, give this game hundred stars, fantastic. Um, but yeah, we we find out later, which is like this is the thing that kind of annoyed me too because I feel like the characterization of the characters are kind of weird in this. It's not till like later in the movie that we find out that um, our main girl was friends with the girl in the opening scene and they were fucking around and uh, driving one night and they were flashing these lights at the sky and uh, it made him run off the road and get into a crash and died which ended up being uh, Rebecca... Gayhart's boyfriend and that's why she ends up being the killer and whatnot mm-hmm. spoiler alert if you haven't seen her already we warned you um right. but it, it's just jarring because i'm and like don't even like they don't even build up to that right. until like after there have been many people murdered right it just doesn't make sense to um but i that, that's just like uh, the biggest thing is like when you can't connect to the main character and she's like the beating heart of this uh of the film it's it really kind of takes you out of it and even like 
you, I feel like main characters, you either have to really sympathize, yeah. empathize, or despise. So, like, I feel like Joe from You, the show You, is a really good example Ooh, of this. Yeah. Because I hate Joe. I've dated Joe, mm-hmm. like, essentially. And I hate him, and I know what he's doing, and I want him to get caught, and I want all this stuff to happen. But he's an interesting main character to watch, nonetheless. Right. And then you look at, like... Sydney Prescott, who, she's got a tragic backstory. Her mom, you know, blah, blah, blah. All these really fantastic final girls and all these really fantastic main characters, specifically in horror or suspense, thrillers, there's something to identify with them. And she is kind of like a vanilla ice cream cone that was a side character in a crash. Right. Like, she wasn't even the one driving that night. Right. So, like, she's... She's kind of given herself... She's a main character with a side character's personality and And plot. I don't even think in the beginning that, like, we realized that she had... uh, Well, I I think they may have mentioned it that she was, like, friends with this girl who died or something. mildly friends. And they make it seem in the flashback that these girls are, like, BFFs. Right. And then there's, like... There's some parts in this movie, too, where she, like, witnesses like a really tragic death and i'm like you would be way more shaken up mm-hmm. way more like it would not just be like back to normal for you for like a normal person so there's some things that just don't make sense too and that's kind of like a directing issue also like i'm not gonna i'll blame, blame it all on her for this yeah because it was what? a lot directing was, was this the movie where she's yelling at the girl in the pool and then somebody is wearing a parka yeah, in the pool. Okay. She's yelling at uh, Rebecca. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's go through which uh, legends, urban legends, are depicted in this movie. Okay. So we already talked about the opening scene with the killer in the back seat, mm-hmm. which uh, her name is Michelle. Sorry, we didn't catch that. She's um, no Drew Barrymore. She's no Casey. <laughs> she's, no, she's no Casey Becker. I'll yep. say that. Um, then we have... It says, uh, coverage of Michelle's murder in the university newspapers covered up by the dean, referencing the university cover-up of campus murder and the subsequent uh, fears of the students referenced the Hatchet Man legend, which has an unnamed killer targeting college campuses at random. Mm-hmm. The origins of the latter have been traced to serial killer uh, Richard Speck. Which, can you tell us a little about Richard Speck? I can. Let me get just my facts up. So he was a mass murderer and he murdered and tortured eight nursing students. Um, I believe in South Chicago. I'm not sure where they went to school. Um, somewhere in Illinois. And he did it in the middle of the night. So uh, the best depiction of Richard Speck Speck as a put some respect on that name or don't okay well it's not the best um like representation of this is the first season of american horror story with the nurses Um, that are murdered in murder house um that's obviously very heavily based i would almost say that um i mean like yes richard speck but i would also say like you know um ted bundy who murdered a house full of girls in Florida. Right. Or even Edmund Kemper, who was known as the co-ed killer and would purposefully, like, prowl college campuses and murder students, mostly women. Um, yeah. But that's a... But the hatchet man, the... Something about people between the ages of like 15 and 21 something about large gatherings of those people breeds a lot of these urban legends a lot of these like stories like the babysitter stories those are always girls that are in their teens and 20s and i think it's because you're just on the verge of being a real adult Mm -hmm. when you're like 20 you can vote, you can smoke, you can go into the army, all of that shit, but you can't drink yet. You know, your parents might still help you pay for stuff. You might still be on your parents' car insurance, or you might, you know, have a part-time job and right. go to school. Like, you're not quite a full adult yet. And I think there's something very scary about the prospect of putting a bunch of girls in a sorority house or a bunch of kids in a dorm room. Right. Let me tell you something. I've been to dorm parties, and I've busted dorm parties, and... 
kids in that age range are fucking dumb. Fucking stupid. I mean, look back to when you were 18. Man. I don't want to. Shivers. Okay. And then another one that we have. So the main girl's name is Natalie. We didn't mention that before, but. <laughs> Sorry, Alicia Witt. Um, there is. So the thing about this movie that I think it really shines in is the death sequ- uh, sequences. Mm-hmm. Which, like, of course, you see in the beginning scene, really great. And then this scene, too, where she's out with um, our friend from Dawson's Creek. Um, Yeah, they go out for a little car ride. Um, Damon, the friend, is uh, hanging from a tree. um, And there's a rope tied up to where it's uh, tied up around the tree. And then, like, tied at her tailgate so she doesn't realize it so she's freaking out and she uh his his, like feet are right on the hood or the top of the car so he's like still alive and can still breathe but she uh freaks out and like punches the gas and moves forward and it like causes him to be strung up and to be hanged that's a great death sequence it is a great death sequence um absolutely great scene uh he was a great character, too, and I was kind of shocked that he did this early. Um, yeah. There's other ones where um, Brenda and Natalie attempt to invoke uh, Bloody Mary at the entrance to Stanley Hall. Mm-hmm. Of course, as we'll see um, when we review the Kate Mara sequel, that is all about Bloody Mary. Um, as we mentioned before... I can't um, believe that was direct to VHS. Right. That's shocking, because it's so much better than the first one. <laughs> and then... Um, of course, we already mentioned the scene with Professor Wexler with the Pop Rocks and Soda. Um, and then uh, we already mentioned about how uh, Natalie and Michelle in the beginning, um, uh, the whole uh, reason behind the murders was that they were together and doing the whole uh, heads light turned on to uh, flashing at the the driver and that made him uh, run off the road. Um, That's such a stupid... F- like, if you're going to be stupid with, like, pranks and urban legends, it, do them to yourself. Don't fucking involve somebody else. Right. Isn't that, like, a thing, like you said, with, like, gangs on the, the West Coast? Yeah. So, that, an urban legend is that, um, so, for those of you that don't drive, question mark, if you're not above the age of 18, please don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> but, um, like, if, if, if it's nighttime and you pull out of somewhere, someone might flash their lights at you to be like, hey, turn on your lights because you'll get pulled over and you can get a ticket. So there's this, like, old urban legend. And I don't know if there's any credence to it, to be honest. Um, where, like, gang members would do that. So, like, mm-hmm. they would drive around with their lights off and then you flash your lights at them and then they would target you. Right. I, I don't feel like that's real because I feel like the Bloods and the Crips have a lot more going on than fucking with people via headlights. But I don't know. If you're a Blood or a Crip, reach out and let us know. <laughs> right. Said, at HorrorHagsPod on Instagram and Twitter and HorrorHagsPod at gmail.com. We'd love to have you we, on the pod. Do you want to hear something? Okay, pretty. I really love rap music. I'm a huge, huge rap fan, especially uh-huh. like 90s rap. Uh, one of my student workers last year, he went to California, and I did not know this, but the Bloods and the Crips now make competing colas, and I guess the Bloods have a cola and the Crips have a cola, and he brought me back Cripacola, <laughs> and I have it in my office. It's actually Not like Cripacola. sitting up. It's like, it's like Mothman oh, beer, Mothman beer, and then my Cripacola. I also have a bottle of True Blood. Did someone drink it? Is it good? I, I mean, I'm, I can't drink it because I can't have carbonation, but Connor said it was good. So you shout out, Connor. Thank you for... Have uh, Kyle take a sip and give us I'm not going to open it because it's like, it's, like it's like an old bottle. Like you have to like take the cap off. Oh, it's like a can. Yeah. So gotcha. if there's any Crips or Bloods that want to send us any merch at all, we'll gladly represent you. Um, there's another one where... Um, so, so Natalie frequently walks into her gothic, uh, sexually active roommate, um, getting her goodies. She's good. getting that uh, emo kick smashed. Right. She's getting that all-time low in, um, she is being brought to the horizon. We'll say that. Um, <laughs> don't look at me like that. 
Um, but there, there was a part where, like, video literally she, like, uh, comes in the middle of the night and she, like, hears, like, rustling from the side of the room and she's, like, thinks she's having sex, but there's literally, like, a killer strangling her. Killer in the house. Right. And then she wakes up the next day and she sees, uh, her roommate has been strangled to death and there's a note written in blood on the wall that says, aren't you glad you didn't turn on the light? Yikes. I don't know what urban legend there is about getting your cake smashed, but let's make one. Right. It's the uh, the hot topic changing room. Oh urban legend. That's my number one place. Shut up. And then uh, I still shop at Hot Topic, and I will never stop shopping at Hot Topic because they evolved with me. I remember. I have to go on a tangent. I bought my first pair of Jack Skellington earrings from Hot Topic in. In 2003 with my Christmas money and I got made fun of and everybody called me gay and everybody called me a loser and everybody called me a goth and I said two out of three ain't bad and then when they started selling like more like music centered merch mm-hmm. this bitch in my who will remain nameless but you know who you are she bought a Justin Bieber t-shirt there in the seventh grade and then she was like Hot Topic is like the place to be and inside I was like yeah. <laughs> you know who you are. Anyway, uh, there's another one where it's the uh, the ankle slasher under the car slashing Ooh, your um, uh, Achilles tendon. Did I ever tell you I cut my Achilles tendon open? Yeah. I'm going to tell that story. Are you going to tell a story for every single one yeah, we got through? Yeah, because I didn't take my Adderall today and we're not going to shit on people with disabilities, Dylan. Well, go at it. Okay, uh, when I was a freshman in high school, I am really, really, really bad at shaving my legs. I fuck up my legs all the time. I had my like leg up on the side of the tub. I had a brand new razor and I wasn't paying attention and my foot slipped off and I went... And... Um, I was getting ready to go to a basketball game and watch a boy I like play basketball and I didn't want to miss it. So I just tied it off with a scarf and a piece of gauze. And then I lost so much blood that it ruined a pair of shoes. And the next day, the geography teacher who was also, um, had like EMT training, he had to like sew me up in the office. Thank you, Mr. Dressman. Thank you, Mr. Dressman. Um, and we have the next one, uh, the character Parker finds the remains of his dog in the microwave resembling the old lady dries wet dog in microwave legend. I have a story about this one. I've never put a dog in the microwave, but sometimes I want to put my mom's Chihuahua Joffrey in the microwave. And that's my story. Um, <laughs> the other day when my mom was like, do you love Joffrey? And Dylan goes, no. <laughs> and then uh, we have one. Um, at the party, they play the song Love Roller Coaster, which is from a fantastic scene in Scary Movie 3 with where the girls burn up in the tanning beds with a roller coaster. Anyway, people say uh, there's an urban legend that that song contains a real murder scream. Um, and while it's being played in the film, uh, one of the characters gets um, slashed while that song is playing. So wow. it's kind of ironic. And then, of course, at the ending, we have the uh, the scene where um, uh, the killer is trying to uh, take the kidney out of Natalie. Oh, my God, yeah. Which, of course, people reference about, you know, like getting, like, drugged or whatever mm-hmm. on a night out and then waking up with, like, ice on your thing and, like, your kidney removed. Ice and you yeah. have a missing kidney. Very interesting. That actually happened. That, that, like, that has happened to people oh, in, sure. like, um, specifically in, like, places like the Philippines or Thailand. It happens, actually, a lot. The organ trade is a huge thing in, in Eastern Europe. Right. So, let's jump ahead and talk about this ending. So, we get to the twist at the end, and the movie wants us to, is trying to point us in the direction that Jared Leto is the killer. Obviously, that's a red herring. So we find out it's actually um, Rebecca Gayhart character who is the villain. And mm-hmm. she is on the motive that she is really upset that Natalie and Michelle drove her boyfriend off the road and killed him. So now she's just getting her anger out and killing everyone else in the way. And she is referencing urban legends as she does it, as the queen does. And I have a question about the ages of these people. So I'm going to say that they're what? college sophomores yeah between like 19 and 22 so um 
she says that the man that was killed the night that they were playing, like, the light game was her fiancé. Yeah. And... Alicia Witt's character, Natalie, says that they were seniors in high school when they killed him. So, was Rebecca, like, getting engaged real, real, real young? Or was she, like, 40 and just looks amazing? She was on her uh, Laura Ingram's Wilder shit, getting engaged at 14. We don't judge. Teen mom, too. Um, how did you feel about the twist of her being the killer? I, I liked it in theory. I feel like... It, it it just feels like it kind of comes off of left field because they don't introduce at the end or like near the middle or closer to the end of the movie that um, Natalie and Michelle did this and killed a guy, which is like, I feel like if we learned about it earlier on and it was like more of the driving motivation, it would make more sense. But by the time the ending comes around, I'm just like, oh, really? That, that was the thing I forgot about too, that yeah. I was like, I forgot who, who the killer was when I was watching yes. this. And I feel like in those movies, so, like, in Scream, we have, like, little hints that Billy is definitely involved. Right. In, it I makes know, sense, especially yeah. when they do And I know what you did last summer. We have little hints that Leonard from The Big Bang Theory is involved. And I feel like this came out of totally left field. I feel like it would have made more sense if, like, they would have said, like, a newscast, like, a, a radio report about the guy dying, mentoring, like, a grieving fiancé. Right. Or a grieving, like, female. And also, um, I think that these things are more likely, like, in Scream 2, how Timothy Oliphant helps Billy's mom. Right. Um, and he, like, did a lot of the killing, even though she was the mastermind. I think Rebecca Gayhart is a fantastic actress. She was amazing in Jawbreaker. She's really good in this. But the believability that somebody who is five foot two and weighs about a hundred pounds killing all these people and being able to like lift Pacey's body up, like even if you suspend your disbelief, which you have to with every horror movie, that doesn't make a lick of sense. So I liked it again in theory. Good twist. Definitely a good twist, but I feel like it yeah. could have been a like Excuse a, me, a beefier twist. And, like, it's a sad thing, too, because I feel like Rebecca gives a fantastic performance Yeah, in the I end. do, too. She just goes off the wall crazy, and, like, at she that does. point of the movie, I'm like, yeah, like, let's get into it. Like, let's fuck Natalie up. I don't like that <laughs> bitch either. Um, a memoir. But then we, she gets in a tussle, uh, Laura Devine shows up, and one thing leads to don't another. Don't dirtbag! <laughs> I'm pretty sure Orenda Devine, she's the one that shoots her at the end. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So she, um, well, we end up thinking that she dies. Wait, no. I just, I forgot about this. This isn't the ending scene because mm -hmm. she, uh, like, falls out the window or something. And uh, it's uh, Natalie and Jared Leto that are driving away. And she ends up being in the backseat of their yep. car. And they, like... I, I think they, like, stop the car or something, or they run to something, and she, like, flies out the windshield. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What a way to go. So that's what I forgot, too. I forgot that, like, that wasn't even the ending of the movie. And that's just something that, again, they took from Scream that they just didn't do as well. Right. And, like, I feel like I might be biased because Scream is one of my favorite, not yeah. just horror movies, it's one of my favorite movie movies. Agreed. And... All the sequels, I think, are entertaining and mm. hold up to a certain degree of when they came out. Yeah. And, you know, it's going to sound bad. And I don't mean it bad. But, like, the more that we, particularly, particularly between 1995 and, like, 2000, the more that you try to tell these teenage-centered stories... And you try to take them really seriously the way Scream did, the more diluted it gets. Yeah. Because Scream well, is like top tier. I know what you did last summer is like a little worse. Yeah. And then a little, it could just, all well, of these kinds of movies, they just kind of get to a point where they're very diluted. And Scream 2, it was like, Scream's whole thing was like, it was critiquing these tropes. Yeah. It was kind of like making fun of them and kind of like being kind of meta about them. So that's mm -hmm. what made it really like elevated and interesting, especially during the time. Yeah. Um, but these other movies, it just kind of feels like they're either taking their subs a little too seriously or not really like uh, self-aware enough on what they actually are. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like they're trying to be a little more. And I think if this movie maybe just 
maybe weaved into himself a little more. It would have been better. Maybe just up the camp factor a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then we find out at the end that homegirl, this bitch is still not dead because we see. <laughs> Why won't you die? <laughs> Because it spits a swallows. Um, we see her with a new group of friends. They're all talking and about she changed kind of her blessings hair. or something. She changed her hair. Nobody knows who she is now. New hair. Um, and the camera pans around and we see Rebecca again. And she's she's just chilling. She's in Cedar Rapids. She's fine. <laughs> she Pokemon go to the polls. Um, I was on her side. I'm going to be honest. I was on her side movie. too. Probably because... Too because those girls were like these like fucking dumb girls like yeah. drove him off the i'd be pissed too i mean maybe i would have killed all these other random people but i definitely would have gone right. after her see that that doesn't make sense either it doesn't like, because why? like you know if you are going to i think that there's a lot to be said about the killer that um kills people to hurt people right. so like if somebody wanted to really hurt me they'd kill you they'd kill kyle it would be um you know, it would be interesting if, like, it was a I know what you did last summer situation to where, like, maybe um, Natalie was, like, friends with those other people already mm-hmm. and uh, they kind of knew about it and were, like, trying to hide it yeah. or whatever. That would be really interesting. That would have been and interesting. Give it more motivation. But if, you're, if your whole plan the whole time was to kill Natalie, why kill all her friends? Because right. then they're just going to all be dead. And you killed, I mean, Literally, 75% of the people that she killed had nothing to do with it. Right. 80% of the people she killed had nothing to do with it. So Home that's another just, thing that Home I'm girl, like... girl uh, from Halloween was just getting her cake smashed. She yeah, was just minding her own yeah. goth business. And so I think that be- it would have been more interesting if they did the urban legend thing and it was the professor trying to play out all of these urban legends because that would have made sense for the way that they died and for each person that died to be the professor or the dean or Jared Leto trying to prove his point about urban legends. But to make it Rebecca Gerhardt, it just didn't make a lot of sense. So we... There's two ways this movie could have gone and it went neither way. Yeah. It kind of felt like... It did feel that way where it was kind of like... um, treading in the middle mm-hmm. like i wish it would have committed more to like one side or the other i wish it would have really just gone in into this camp factor at the end yeah which i feel like it didn't lean into as much but also yes. is she orphan because how is she a sophomore in college again <laughs> she just keeps doing this she's like 35 now and she's like hey what's up kids yeah like we're <laughs> so okay how would you rate this movie? Two and a half pacey hanging trees out of five. I'm going to give this two Sharknado movies out of... How many Sharknado movies are there? 18. There's six Sharknados. I'm going to give this like 2.5 stars out of... Or Sharknado movies out of six Sharknado movies that exist. At least there's not 18, because that would be a really rough uh, score. And I do apologize um, (coughs) on Tara Reed's behalf. Um, What is your fan-made final girl of this movie? My fan-made final girl is the dorm room. The entire fucking Hogwarts magical dorm room that you can paint your fucking dorm room black. Because if I could have painted... I was a commuter student, but if I could have painted my dorm room black, I would have. I feel that. That's pretty fierce. Uh, my fan-made final girl is Loretta Divine <laughs> for somehow accepting this movie. And she's in the sequel, too, because I watched oh, God, the thing about it. So she she loved it so much she ordered it twice. But she really... Because she didn't remember doing the first one. Right. She... <laughs> She was like, this is a cool movie. I've never heard of the first one <laughs> this before. This seems vaguely familiar. She did not do anything in this movie. Like, she literally shows up, like, five minutes after each person dies. and She's Niecy Nash and Scream Queen. Even at the end, she doesn't actually kill the killer. I mean, she just kind of shows up She there, was just there to be like, something's going on. Right. And nobody listened but to her. I appreciate that. She showed up. She got her paycheck. She has no memory of this, but she we got love the money you, anyway. Divine. If you want to come on the show, 
Yes. We are more than happy to have you. Have a guest spot. We would love to hear about uh, your stories. Is there anything else you'd like to add about this could have been classic? That I think I'm going to have a lot more fun reviewing the Bloody Mary sequel. Oh, definitely. We should definitely like break out some wine, get drunk on that one. That's... There's some great scenes. <laughs> um, Al. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Al. Just, I don't, I don't remember the context, but there's a part where Kate Mara gets knocked in the head with a shovel and she goes, oh my God, Al. And like, doesn't even so phase her. <laughs> It's, and it, that's the acting I want. That's it would be the like I if want. I like stubbed my toe on the couch, I'd be like, oh, ow. <laughs> she oh gets God, flopped ow. with this shovel. So I can't wait to review that one. That's going to be a lot of fun. This movie isn't bad. If you just want something that you don't really have to pay a ton of attention yeah. to, if you're hanging out with your friends, having a Halloween party, yeah. anything like that, definitely give it a watch. Definitely watch the opening scene. I still stand by it. That was great. Yeah. Um, as always... You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We are at Horror Hags Pod. Um, send us an email. We're horrorhagspod at gmail.com. Um, leave us a five-star rating, a review. We'd really appreciate it. Definitely subscribe if you like hearing us every week. We put out epi- episodes every Tuesday. We do. And then, um, yeah, follow us. Follow us if you want to follow us. Um. <laughs> follow us if you want to follow us. Quite the marketing scheme. Is there anything you want to add? No, I'm good. Be sure to remember to forget this movie and then come back and watch it again with your hag five years from now. Be sure to drink more Ovaltine. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> And with that, um, we will see you whores divorce next time. Our little whores divorce. Whores divorce. Bang.